Let's take just a moment here and ask the Lord to work in our hearts in that way. Um, Fill my cup, Lord. I don't know what point you're at here um, this morning as we enter into this chapel period, but I trust that we could come to Jesus and ask him to meet the need that we have even right now. So let's take a moment here and bow in prayer and ask the Lord to fill you to give an action step. Ask the Lord to fill myself as I speak and as I open his word and then that together we can serve him better in this week. So let's take a moment here and just bow in prayer. Lord, I do pray, would you fill our lives, that need that each one has, even as we open your word this morning, I pray that you speak very specifically to each one. Pray that the different pressures that they may be facing, uh, different news events, um, different school pressures, Lord, those be set aside for this time. Would we focus on your word and how you want to speak to us? And as you speak to us, and as you fill us, would we then go out and help to meet the need of a lost and dying world around us that is so looking for the answer? And so I pray even through this morning time here, would you do a great work in our lives? We pray this in your name. Amen. I do want to thank each one of you for the part that you have done this past um, couple months especially of uh, the way that you've honored the different ones here with Pastor, again with Pastor Van, and um, looking for that need and being able to fill it, to meet it, Um, That is a blessing, and as you do that, I know in days to come when you're in those ministry opportunities that God will grant that you're on the receiving end of it, and I trust that even you would experience just the blessedness um, that it is to give rather than to receive and uh, having that there, so appreciate your example in that. At Canyon Ranch in Tucson, Arizona, palm trees and massive cactuses are guests' closest neighbors. The serene 150-acre wellness resort offers desert view yoga and peaceful hikes through the Santa Catalina Mountains. Dramatic scenery is a key selling point for the Southwest Escape, but it's not the only one. Some of the Canyon Ranch's most life-changing experiences have been when your eyes are closed. Sleep tourism, like Canyon Ranch's physician-led sleep enhancement program, is the latest trend in the lucrative wellness industry. Given that one in three adults doesn't get enough sleep, (laughs) <laughs> I see some yawns out there. That's me. <laughs> Maybe it's a little bit higher here. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and that wellness travelers reportedly spend nearly 60% more than the average international tourist, it was only a matter of time before sleep tourism took off. Have you ever heard of this? I just came across this article the other day. It was intriguing. The industry was $639 billion market in 2017, a figure that's expected to top $900 billion in 2022, according to the Global Wellness Institute, who did that research. The effects of sleep deprivation are ugly. The retreat destinations where you can address it are anything but. I saw a few pictures of this um, location there in Arizona. They had beautiful buildings, brick facades, and uh, views just... Um, breathtaking. According to the UK-based sleep expert, Alison Francis, it's about time the world took sleep seriously. The way that people live and the stress people are under suppresses sleep hormones, says Francis, who runs her own private sleep retreats around the world. Unless we can come back into some kind of human being balance, sleep deprivation is just an epidemic. And uh, 
Do you want to know what the cost is to go to one of these places? Rooms cost about $1,600 a night. Not too bad, huh? No wonder it's easy to get to some of those figures. And what they'll do here, they have, a, they have it um, kind of, um, it's whatever, tailored to you. So if you want them to hook you all up with all these devices, they'll do that. And um, so it's a little bit more than just sleeping. They kind of monitor your sleep. Now they also have the option where you can have a doctor. I don't know if he's in the room or if there's just like glass walls, but then he'll watch you personally through the whole night and see how you're sleeping. And then he'll tell you, uh, okay, this is what's going on. This is what's happening in your life. And Okay, there we go. It's funny what people are trying to use um, to take care of the needs that are in their life there. Um, maybe that's not it. You know, maybe you just feel like, man, if I could just get to sleep, that's all I really need. If I just didn't have some of these pressures, I don't need a doctor to come in and watch or um, some of these things here. Um, but think of some of the other opportunities that people take a hold of to try and fill the need in their life. Social media, games, friends. Think about what you might fill the need in your life with. You know, Jesus is enough, and Jesus wants to give us that life that um, is springing up in us, that living water. We're going to talk about it in John chapter 4 here. But yet, Satan is crafty, and he's patient, and he's willing to take and be slow in his work and try and get us, instead of coming to Jesus Christ with our cup and drinking from the water that he gives that satisfies to Look to the things of the world. And you know, honestly, for a college student, I think sometimes sleep can be, oh, I just, I just need that sleep. And yeah, you do need it. But did you schedule it out? Did you put it in there? And the reality is, a lot of times, some of these even good things, oh, the grades that I need to get, oh, the relationships, the friendships that I have here, this is where I need to find my sense of well-being, my um, just who I am in life. When Jesus says, come, come to me. John chapter 4, if you'll turn there, as believers, we have the answer today. We don't need to go to Sleep Wellness Resort, though we could probably hook you up at the HQ in a room. I wouldn't mind watching you sleep for a night. Pay me a thousand bucks, a little bit cheaper. You know, we have the answer. Jesus has come to quench thirst, not only ours, but also those around us. And I want to encourage you here this morning. Jesus is the answer. Um, this is a story that I read as we're going through the book of John Challenge. And a couple weeks ago, when it um, was in our reading plan, uh, the Holy Spirit just used it powerfully in my life. And I've been thinking on it since that point. So when I saw that it was on to preach um, and praying about what the Lord would have, um, this came to light. And I believe that God has orchestrated it with a few of the things that are already just happening here, some of what God is doing in your life personally right now. So I trust this will be a blessing. Look at John chapter 4. We'll read verses 4 to 15. Let's all stand here. John chapter 4, verse 4 through 15. Let's read it all together. How about that? Starting at verse 4, down to verse 15. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. 
For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest ask of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall be in him water shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Okay, you may be seated. Let's set the background here a little bit. Jesus was headed. He had a schedule. He had a plan. He had something, a place that he needed to go. But he must needs go through Samaria. Those of you been in some college classes. Tell me, did the Jews like to go through Samaria? They didn't like it. You know, the, the Samaritans, they were the half-breeds. They were the people that were despised. And if you were a good Jewish person, you knew not to be going too close to there. You would go way around. Let's not be in there. But here, Jesus must needs go through Samaria, this place that was despised. Second, we find he's talking to a woman. I know in our culture, we, Christianity has prevailed and um, has helped to bring just that reality that men and women are equal and there's, um, that there's not a difference there. They need to be treated with love and the men with respect. Here in this culture, you don't have that at all. Women were the ones, they were the homemakers. A lot of times, you wouldn't even, the men wouldn't even greet a woman. Um, they're at the well here. Um, this is not a place, especially at this time of day, it was at noon, that a woman typically would have been by herself. On this well-traveled road, typically they would have gone out as a group, partly for protection, partly just on that camaraderie, but definitely not at noonday. That's a little bit on the warm side of life. Here Jesus is, realizing there's someone with a need, breaking cultural barriers, talking to a woman, Getting water at noon. Why was she getting water at noon? There's a lot of conjecture. We don't have any solid evidence one way or the other per se. Maybe she was an outcast. And we are going to pick that up in the rest of the story, you know, just with the relationships that she had. Maybe people didn't want to be with her. It's possible that maybe this was a new town that she had just come to. She had just gotten in this relationship. But because she didn't want other ladies to be asking questions... Because we know that when you're in a group of ladies, they like to ask questions and to talk, right? And so maybe she just didn't want that, that questioning to be there and to try and keep her story straight. Whatever it is, we know that there's some deep needs here. So I want you to notice with me as we look at this passage, we see the example of Jesus turning a meeting, just a regular everyday circumstance, into a gospel witness and a woman changed by Jesus Christ. Notice with me first, Jesus relates with a physical need. We see that there in verse 7, give me to drink. Here they are at the well, and Jesus asks her, 
give me to drink? And this is the question that came screaming at me as I was reading through this in my devotions uh, probably a month ago. What if Jesus asked me to give him to drink? What would I point him to? Would I point him to news apps? Would I point him to the Sleep Wellness Institute that I'm hoping to go to that's going to fix my problems? Am I pointing to the good grades that I'm trying to get in college? What would I point him to? This woman here, she kind of looks at things and he wants water. I'm a Samaritan, though. We find that there. His disciples were gone. How is it that you, you, thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? Jesus then answers, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. So here Jesus is, taking and relating to a physical need, but then taking it even deeper. Because we all drink, and then we get thirsty again. And this woman, we see her answer. She would have been super excited to have water that she was never having to come and get again. Wow, give me this water. Everlasting water springing up in me. I don't have to come back to this place. Here Jesus is, taking and relating a physical need and showing the deep hurts and the wounds that she has deep down. He doesn't just leave it there as this ordinary conversation. Jesus takes this and turns it into a gospel presentation. Look second with me. Not only does he relate with a physical need, but then Jesus uncovers the thirst in her life. We can find that there in verse 16. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidst thou truly. Wow. Talk about needs. Talk about thirst. Talk about shame even. Here Jesus is taking in what is shameful even in her life, bringing it to light and working it through patiently, showing her he is the answer. Five husbands here, currently with a man. Imagine the, the distress this lady had, the thirst that's here in her life, trying to meet this God-given desire in a way that was even shameful in that day and age. Does it sound like the day that we're living in? You think there's people around here that are in that same condition? I, mean, I saw a, a little article here, according to the Porn Phenomenon, a study conducted by the Barna Group, teens and young adults view recycling, lying, consuming too much electricity and water, or overeating as being more immoral than viewing porn. And you know, in this, as we've switched our society and we're seeking even for some of these things that we would call, you know, don't use too much electricity, use too much water, and that would be more of an immoral problem than some of these relationships things and things that people are seeking, Yet, if you were to talk to them, and as we look at this lady, you'll find that they're filled with shame. They're suffocating. Um, even as we've gone through the Conquer series here in the, the church, and my wife and I have been able to work with young adults and people that have reached out to, a lot of times I've brought this up, even maybe in the first couple times of meeting someone. Man, we're going through this study. You need to come and do this. And when I bring this up, the reaction that people have, oh, yeah, oh, hmm, that thirst, that need, and, you know, maybe even here today, I trust that you wouldn't be into those kind of things, but yet maybe there would be in the back of the mind, like, oh, those things that I saw when I was younger. That gives me, that gives me some satisfaction. 
And as we see here in this story, the fact is Jesus continues to uncover this thirst. And when you come to Jesus, he'll uncover that and say, that is a thirst that does not satisfy. As we work with people, we can use this. This is a thirst that doesn't satisfy. It will leave you empty. Secondly, in this, when he's uncovering the thirst, not only did she have a thirst of relationships, he had religion. She was looking to religion. Look at verse 19 here. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye, shall, ye worship what ye know not. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Here she has some knowledge of religion. Our fathers, they worshipped here in this mountain. Our fathers, you know, we have these re religious rituals. But you Jews, you say it's there in Jerusalem. Where's, where's the spot? Seems kind of flippant. Oh, the Messiah, when he comes, he's going to tell us all things. He's going to set it all straight. I've done that religion thing. I've been there before. And on this dual stream that we continue to progress through this passage, when we're seeing people, talking to people, we'll find a lot of times they've tried religion. They've tried to experience God through the different things. I've gone to some services. I've done mass before. And to show them it's not about religion. It's about a relationship. Um, maybe in your life, you would be empty. They talk about the spirit-filled life thing. They, they talk about how Jesus will satisfy, how I can walk with him and have that relationship with him. I can hear his voice, and I don't think it works for me. And Jesus here is showing it's not about a religion. It's about that constant, moment-by-moment -moment relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus continues to patiently work with her and states that he's the Messiah. I wonder if it was then that it clicked with her. He just told me I had five husbands. I'm with someone else now. That's true. How would he have known that? wasn't on the Samaritan Facebook, I'm sure. Jesus didn't do, had dealing with the, the Samaritan people, right, the Jews, so they wouldn't have been gossiping. How did he know this? Maybe he is the Messiah. It, they go and they talk a little bit there because the disciples come, and we find that they were talking. We don't know all the conversation happened. But we find, though, that she started to believe, and she believed because of this fact. Not only did Jesus relate to her physical need, not only did Jesus uncover the thirsts that were in her life, thirdly, Jesus reveals that he's the source of life. And we saw that there in verses 23 and 24. He went right to the heart of the matter, to the areas in this lady's life that brought shame and thirst, the relationship she was seeking after, the religion that she was trying to do these rituals of, and it was just bringing emptiness. It wasn't satisfying and he's saying, lady, the person who will come to Jesus Christ in humility and in truth, saying, Jesus, I've tried this. I, okay, here my sin. I have done wrong. I'm going to accept you as Savior. That is the person who's worshiping God. And then as you take that step, they who worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so it's that continued step. 
here I am at Baptist College of Ministry studying. And are there things, pressures that can take away that water of life that Jesus Christ offers? Take it from me and there can be those times that I could be empty? Yeah. What's the answer then? Well, the answer is to come to Jesus and realize that when I worship him in my spirit, but then I'm truthful, God, do that work in my life. Show me the areas that I have been looking to. Maybe I was looking to grades to fill that need in my life, and I just thought if I could get that 99 or 100, that would keep me happy. And then I got it, and I realized it it's doesn't fill. Maybe it was the friends that I have. If the people in my fellowship would just recognize how cool a personality I really have, and they just really want to be with me, wow, that would meet the need in my life. Maybe we get it to some extent, maybe we get it to the fullest extent that we want, and we realize, I'm still empty. And Jesus says, they that worship God must worship him in spirit and truth. Coming to Jesus, Jesus, I've tried to take these other things. I've tried to find my satisfaction, my fulfillment in these other things. It's true. You alone can bring satisfaction. You alone can bring what satisfies I'm coming to you. I'm worshiping you. So Jesus, he relates with a physical need. Jesus, he uncovers the thirst in your life. He reveals that he's the source of life. Fourth here, let us look at the fact that Jesus changes lives. This is the best part. Look at verse 39 there. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, he told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were coming to him, they besought him that he would tarry with them. And he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word and said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Jesus changes lives. The woman, she left her water pot here, obviously having come to a point of belief in Jesus Christ and seeing God work in her life. Here she goes, back into the city telling people, You have got to come see this man. He is the Messiah. Right there, a life that was changed. And then how exciting to see her life changing others. He stops and talks with this woman. He brings her to an understanding of who he is and what true worship is. She believes, goes into town, tells others, Jesus changes a life. Jesus changes lives. Is that exciting this morning? Have you experience that life change even this morning yourself, that this morning I met with Jesus and it's changing my life. Because when you meet with Jesus, it should be coming up. This woman was experiencing it. Did she have water with her? No, she left her water pot there. She was realizing this is something that goes much deeper. This is something. He told me all things that ever I did. I said, God, this is true. I'm worshiping in spirit and truth. And I can't help but share this with other people. Is that how you came out of your devotion time this morning? Wow, this was awesome. I was like, well, last night was a late night of school pressures, and that was what we call the hour of dwelling in Beulah land. Guys ever been there? Close the eyes, you wake up 20 minutes later. Uh Uh-oh. You know, is that what changes lives? Oh, when we seek Jesus, when we see him, that's what changes. When there's a truth, even like this, and that I've been able to share with others, it's exciting to be able to give that. This truth has changed my life. On Saturday, I was facing some different pressures. It had been a long week, and I remember very specifically sitting there uh, thinking, okay, there's some things I need to do. 
There's some things that my flesh is telling me I'd rather do this. And I was kind of giving in to my flesh. But as this had been on my mind, I had been thinking about it for a number of weeks here, and then as I was preparing even further for this, I remember very specifically Jesus asked me, give me to drink. Is this what you want to drink from, giving in to the flesh here in this area? Or would you give me to drink? Would you give me the time? Would you say, you know what, these things, they don't satisfy and reject them. Jesus, I'm going to come to you. And what a blessing it was to come to him. Jesus, you, you are the one. You have living water. And to take that experience, how exciting that was. It may not always be convenient to stop and help meet the need and the spiritual needs. It may be messy. Five marriages with a man right now. Talk about messy. Religion. Oh, wow, she doesn't have any real understanding of Christianity. This person doesn't understand Christianity. But realizing Jesus can change a life. Jesus has the power to transform. Jesus can change my life. Jesus can then change the life of this person. Let's look fifthly and lastly at the challenge then to the disciples. Here in verse 27 to 38. And upon this came, came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him to ought to eat? Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, There are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit into life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon you bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. Here Jesus, in living color, was showing them a life transformed. The fact that the harvest fields are white. And there's one fact that I could encourage you with today, this morning, would be that fact that when you see Jesus, when you are finding him to be your source of life and fulfillment, you'll be able to look up and see lives that you can touch and change. Right here in the student body and then outside in this community as we seek God to work. These disciples, they had walked with Jesus, but they had no understanding of what was going on. They came and they marveled. Why is he talking with this woman? It's a Samaritan woman. They didn't ask the questions. You know, they, they'd gotten a little bit better than that. But here the men that had been walking with Jesus closely and should have had understanding of this. Yeah, what he's saying. He is the spring of life. This is the Messiah. And they should have been affirming that. Here they are like, oh, what are we doing? Oh, what's going on here? What's, what's Jesus doing now? Is this who you are? Do you find yourself sometimes surprised by those who your fellow classmates re reach out to? Why is that person reaching out to them? Oh, man, they, they look pretty rough. They look pretty hard. I don't know. Someone is believing that Jesus can transform a life. Do you believe that? Maybe you're too focused on your schedule. Maybe you don't have a schedule, and so it's too hard for you even to take that time to be focusing in with Jesus Christ and have that relationship with him. Maybe you're focused on physical needs. Master, eat. Here the disciples are. Master, eat. This is, this is an important thing, and Jesus is... Are you missing it? Here's a woman that was deeply needy. She had thirst, and she just accepted the Savior. She just believed, and 
She's going into the town to tell other people, get ready, disciples, because lift up your eyes and look, the harvest is white. All these people are coming to them, right? We can see that there. Here they come. They're all coming, and he was helping them to see. They're believing. They're understanding. They're wanting the truth here. Jesus, in living color, just demonstrated what a life yielded to him could accomplish. He related with her needs. He uncovered the thirst that she had. He revealed that he's the source of life and that he can change lives. And he instructs the disciples, lift up your eyes, look on the fields for their white unto harvest. Don't miss the Spirit's leading. And what if Jesus hadn't gone there? He must needs go through Samaria. Don't prejudge, oh, this woman, oh, this Samaritan, oh, this person, the way they smell, the way they look, the way they act. Don't be discouraged that they don't make a decision right away. This is, was encouraging as I thought about this. You know, are there those times when you give the gospel and then it doesn't seem like anything happens? Here this lady was. She went into town and said, guys, you've got to come meet this man. I think this is the Messiah. I'm believing him. I'm trusting him. He told me all things that ever I did. They're thinking, I don't know where this lady just came from. She has some kind of story. She does odd things. She goes out to get water at the well at noon. No one does that. She doesn't go with anyone else. She has this relationship with this guy. If Jesus, if this guy is telling her all things that ever she did, this has to be the Messiah, and they believed. But there's others that even through her changed life didn't believe. And we see that there at the end verse. And they said, verse 42, unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying... Though you're saying help to get us to that point, to, you know, to be listening to him. For we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ. You know, sometimes when you are reaching out to people and you just walk away, like, man, I think God was working there. I told them my, my, my story. I told them about Jesus changed. It's those moments then when they walk away. And that, got, that conversation, that ordinary conversation just turned into a gospel opportunity. And I didn't understand everything they were saying. That person, there was something about them that was real about them. Talking about Jesus and relationship. Talking about Sunday school and how they heard from God in that. Challenging me with the book of John challenge. Man, maybe I should start to read it. They open up God's word and they read it for themselves. Not because of your witness that I believe, but I'm reading it myself now. And I'm seeing those glorious verses that whosoever receive him, he gives the power to become the sons of God. And that God so loved the world. That's the incredible story. That is an amazing reality. So as you are witnessing, as you're challenging, remember, God, would you take that word, help it not to return void? Would you take those ordinary conversations and turn them into a gospel presentation? And whether that person gets saved right there or not, be praying, Lord, would that be that crossroads in that person's life that they would go to Christ? Here, this lady, it was happening in these people in this town. You know, your story, it got us willing to listen. We didn't believe because just what you said. These others did that, but when we heard Jesus ourselves, we believed. Speaking of the Gospel of John Challenge, have you taken that yourself and asked Jesus to change you as you read through this book? Did you seek Jesus to, to meet with him during that time? Let me ask, did you get someone to take that challenge? Uh, that's kind of a Falls Baptist Church thing. You don't know my situation. I'm a, I'm a dorm student. I, I don't have wills. How am I supposed to get to a place? How would I follow up? Satan feeds you all these excuses of why you can't be a part of this. If you did, pray and see that Pray and see Jesus and recognize that he is the answer. 
you know, taking that opportunity, seeing God work through you. If you have not yet taken that challenge and seen someone to take it and be able to go back and to follow up, why not take it now? It's not too late. Even in the rest of this week, look for an opportunity. When could I get out? When could I go and speak to someone and see them take this Gospel of John? When could I follow up then with them and ask them, what are you thirsty? What's filling your need? Is Jesus the one? And see a glorious salvation there. I'm excited to hear about the student-led initiative to pray and get involved in the harvest field, the international peoples right in our community, and just taking that time on Sunday night. Are you content, though? I don't think everyone in the student body was there. And are you content just to let your fellow classmates take that challenge but not get involved yourself? <laughs> of course those people would be there. They're missions minors. They need that. They have a personality for that. They're kind of, you know, strange that way. They can kind of reach out to those type of people. They like strange food. I'm not like Pastor Gilmore and can just eat anything. What if they offer me something and I can't eat it? Totally missing the harvest field. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they're white unto harvest. Will you be content just to let your, those take that opportunity or would you get involved? Also be aware of letting the success of Jesus use you in the lives of others, giving you what's, what's satisfying. You know, sometimes you can get like, oh man, look at these disciples that I have, these people. They're needing me and I'm helping to give them the answers. And This is awesome. This is exciting. Be careful. Don't look to that. Make sure you're keeping your eyes on Jesus. Make sure that you're finding him the water of life that you need that can be pointing to him. Let me give you some practical steps here in closing. Don't just hang out with those in your circle of friends or other students during a service. Sometimes it's easy. It's just mundane. It's just routine. We can get into a service. We all sit together. We all sit here at this pew. I'd probably be lost if I went to another spot of the auditorium. Go find a guest and sit with them. You know, shake their hand. Ask them what their name is. Ask them that this is their first Sunday, their first Wednesday night. It's okay if they look back at you like, oh, I've been here for 20 years. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm a college student here. I'm just trying to get to know everyone. What's your name? Do you have any prayer requests that I could pray for you on? Do you know how that can impact a life? I'm telling you, people are just looking for little tokens of kindness. And you have a ton of opportunities, even in a service time. I don't know how many of you saw that row of individuals, guests that were there, the front row, Miss Bernstein's side. You know that which side that is, not Mrs. Van's side there in the front row Sunday morning. Whole row of guests. How many of you saw them? How many of you went up and you talked with them? Shook their hands. Okay, what was there, like 50, 40 people there that saw them? Three people that shook their hands and asked about them? There's opportunities. So sometimes we sell ourselves short, like, oh, there's no opportunities that ever come. I, I couldn't see this happen. I don't have, you know, blah, 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 blah. And we're not realizing all the people that God is bringing right in here, people that Jesus wants to see you to reach. Get a prayer request from someone, start praying for them on it. Write down something about them that would help you to remember their name. You know, this is Joe. He has a big nose. This is Harry, and he has big ears. You know, something that would put it down there, and then this is the request, and then come back up to them. Hey, Joe, with a big nose you can think about. <laughs> I was praying for your, your grandma, you said. She was going to have surgery. Or, you know, this was going on in your life here. How's that going? Wow. They remembered me? They're coming back. They're, they've been praying about this? That's happening because you are taking that time with Jesus. He's uncovering your needs, you're seeing him to meet your, the needs that you have in your life, and as he does that, then you are able to give to others. Take a day to fast and pray every week. Um, 
This is probably one of the best things that I did in college. I can't remember who challenged me to do it, but I wasn't perfect in it. But I know as I saw answers to prayer, I could look back at those times. It took a Wednesday. And it wasn't always all day that I would fast. Sometimes it was just the lunch meal. And I'd go and I'd find a corner. I'd go out, walk outside. and just took that time to pray. Took that time. God, I'm, I'm asking you to do the, this work here. I'm telling you, when you meet with Jesus in that type of way and he fills you and then he gives you a burden for someone else and you're praying and you're seeing God work, it's super exciting to be in a church service then and you see John across the way who got a track from someone in the parking lot and he's coming in and now he comes to church, he drives to church himself to be discipled and I had the opportunity to do that or I look and I see Kirk there and that was just a random visit that was handed to me as I got things right my junior year and then went out and asked God, I wanted to see you work. And his sons were, man, I want to see, I want to come in. I want to be part of the youth group there. And so I was able to work with him and then to look across and say, there's Kirk. I'd go on and give you more names. This is what Jesus wants to do. This is what, just for some of us or those in seminary, this is for everyone, freshmen all the way to fifth year senior, seminary students, staff, faculty. When Jesus is filling us, when he's meeting our needs, he is the one that wants to do great things. Let me tell you a few things. Jeff, a young man who just contacted us through the website, he's open. He wants an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. said, you know, I'm not concerned about some of these other things. I just want to know God's word. I just want to be involved here. I'm driving up a ways, and I heard about your church, that you, that you have good Bible teaching here. I'm another young lady who grew up Catholic, got saved over Christmas break, Googled our church and wants to learn and grow and be a part. Came in here and said, this is where I want to be at church at. Um, another young man who heard about the church through the radio and have had conversations with, have been discipling, and just in the past couple of months, in the past month here, we've been working on the step of baptism. And we've had some late night conversations. It's a little messy, it's a little inconvenient. But how exciting when just here last week he texts me, I want to take that step of baptism. I'm ready to do that. I want to follow Jesus and let people know about that. Muslim family who took the book of John challenge, a Muslim family. Yeah, I'll take and read the book of John. I'm telling you the opportunities are here, but what's quenching your thirst? Is there something other than Jesus Christ that's quenching your thirst? Is it things that are even good, grades, schoolwork, friendships here? Or are you looking to Jesus Christ? Are you seeking him? There's all kinds of things that can fill our time and fill that desire that we have, but would Jesus be the one that is our focus? And then as we go out, would we use this example of Jesus Christ? Let's relate with people. It's okay to relate with people, then take that opportunity and turn it into a gospel presentation. Help to uncover the things that maybe cause shame there and help them, yeah, that's shameful, but Jesus wants to transform that. Show them that Jesus, he's the source. Well, how are you going to be able to show that Jesus is the source? It's when you have found Jesus to be the source of your own life. And as he's that source and he's flowing out of you, would we take the instruction, we lift up our eyes. Wow, the harvest fields are white unto harvest. Wow, there are needy people all around. And wow, when I'm not listening to the Satan and all the, the lies that he has and the excuses that I give for being involved in this harvest field, I've I found that people are willing to take the book of, challenge, book of John challenge. And I can get out and I can do that. I've found that they are looking for salvation. I've found that they have requests and they're coming to me and they're asking deeper questions. And now all my classwork and all these things I'm learning on, in the Bible college, they're, they're coming into play as I'm talking with people. And they're asking me about New Testament questions. They're talking about... Old Testament questions. Would you today let Jesus quench your thirst and yield afresh to his control to be used of him? I wonder this morning who would say, I've met with Jesus and I'm seeing him use me. 
Who would say, I've met with Jesus, but I need to see him use me. I'm, I'm meeting with him. I'm excited about the relationship I have with him. But I need to be praying about that. And maybe you're here today and say, I need to meet with Jesus. Oh, my heart has grown cold. Maybe your heart hasn't even been warmed at a time of meeting with Jesus. Today is the day to make that different. Today, go out and find a time. Maybe you just need to skip lunch and take that time. Jesus, hi, I need to know you. Jesus, I've led other things. I'm coming to the truth today. You're the one that can set us. Let's bow here in a word of prayer.